Hello and welcome to the unofficial unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan and with me as always to talk about uh, Drentha and mountain bikes and cyclocross and South America and Europe and North America and other bike related places is Canada, my dear friend Sarah. Curling, Spain podcasting with other people, cheating on my podcast partner. Um, <laughs> losing your tooth and the most exciting thing is that you won the race, all sorts of things like that. Afghanistan, everything. We have got all your women's cycling news people. I'm Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> Was that a good self-introduction, Daniel? I don't know. It just it, it sounded so authoritative at the end. I'm Sarah. And I was like, I was waiting for the kicker. You know, I'm Sarah and this is the news or something <laughs> like that. You know, like just like really bring it home. So There's next only- time, <laughs> next time you're cheating on me with um, with one of the many other podcasts that you, you, you frequent, um, you know, in those podcast bordellos that you go to. <laughs> um, maybe you can maybe you can use that you know i'm sarah and this is the news <laughs> I'm and, just and that's the thing cause... you've got to drop you've got to drop like a quarter to a third of an octave on the the news part you got to like really sell it in there so i'm sarah and this is the news no 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 you sound confused like you're squinting at a bit of paper that you can't quite see under your nose that's usually what I'm doing. Anyway, <laughs> it's spring, Daniel. It's spring. And, Honestly, you know, other people other people think the signs of spring are, I don't know, lambs skipping in fields and daffodils and, and, and blossom on the trees. But to me, spring brings cobbles. Big, and not frozen, cobbles. chunky, throw you off your bike and into a world of hurt cobbles. You know what? It's not just cobbles, it's crosswinds, it's man-made hills that get bigger every couple of years. I can't believe how much I love this race. Um, our friend Sean Velocoat Focus was out at this race and I wasn't jealous. No, no, not in the slightest, not even a little bit. Which is code for stay away from Sarah for a while, Sean, because she will murder you. No, no, no. I was super happy because he's such a nice guy and he works so hard. He does Sean on Velofocus, I guess, dot com. Um, but you can Google is there to help you. Um, he does race previews and he's lovely. And he's got his photo stream is full of his, his he's got all these nice photos. And go and look at them. Go and look at them, people. Yep. Which oh, is which God. is code, Sean, for stay away because Sarah is so jealous. She will hug you to death. <laughs> that is actually maybe true because I'm happy for him, but I'm jealous. But I'm happy for him, but I'm jealous. And oh god, yes, what yeah, have I done? Yeah, yeah. And it'd be kind of like that video of the the python eating the crocodile. So yes, no, mm. no, no. It we we yeah. But now that I've mentioned it, you realize we have to put that on our blog. Yes. You can, yeah. Well, when you find the link and update it, we can. Anyway, oh, Fred, oh, Fred, oh, Fred, oh, Fred, blow, blow, cheap shot. Drenthe is a it's a lovely part of the Netherlands. It's beautiful, actually. The first time I saw the race, I thought, "Oh, look, it's all um, it's all factories and stuff." And then they pulled out the camera and went round to the corner, and I was like, "No, this is bloody great!" And they have a ton of races. I think it's five or six over a four day period. Um, men's races too, but the women's races are absolutely fantastic. Three, um, they have a, and it's great actually. Um, I interviewed Annemiek van Vlerten before the. Um, 
um, before the race, and she was saying that you know it's it's especially good to go because you rock up in one hotel and you know there's there's three really good races. They've got a really strong field, and if you have a puncture on the cobbles in the second race, for in the World Cup, for example, you've still got another chance in the in the in the third race. So yeah. Mm. And she was saying, and when we say cobbles, I had never realised this. I have loved this race for, for for years, but what I hadn't realised is that these aren't cobbles like you know, like those nice organised cobbles you get in places like the Arenberg Trench. Yeah, yeah, no neat ordered, you know, Roman engineered cobbles. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, the, these these are more just like boulders the size of a giant's head thrown randomly on the ground. Yeah, basically what happened is you've got these very, very sandy roads, like it's very soft, sandy soil. So in order to get traction for the farm vehicles and stuff, they basically just sent trucks full of rocks and just lobbed them off the, uh, lobbed the rocks into the path to make, you know, and they've kind of in, you know, been compressed down by tractors going over them and things like that. That's what we mean by cobbles. And then you have the Vanberg. Oh, it's such a good climb. So, 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 so good. I love the Vam. It's, um... <laughs> you might be thinking this part of the Netherlands I think it's the north um, northeast of the Netherlands this part of the Netherlands isn't known for its hills <laughs> it, well you know if, if you're lacking a geological feature the quickest way to get what you're missing is to make it yourself yeah and they made it out of landfill because you know recycling in its finest um, it's got like at one point it's 23% it's a really it's a nice hill but you know and, and every couple of years they make it a bit bigger they get you know more landfill make it a bit bigger add the add the, add the bike race path over the top of it um, yeah I love this race I reckon uh, it's I reckon it's actually Dutch cyclists who remake it you know they're just like trying to build the perfect hill for what they want you know you know it's, what it is going to be the Alpe d'Huez one day or the Stelvio. <laughs> With all the switchbacks and... Uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Watch out, there's a hairpin at the, the pile of bricks. Yeah. <laughs> but it's made... Um, so the race organisers... Well, what, funny you said about um, the about the race organisers, uh, about, you know, the, the riders making it, because one of the things Anamik said was that the race organiser, Femi Van Issam, who's run these races for years, she, she asked them, what do you want about the race? And, and she asked Anamik and Marianne, and they said, you know what, there's not enough cobbles. <laughs> we want it harder. Oh, <laughs> uh, this is the problem with getting advice from women cyclists. Like, they all just always want it to be harder. Just... Make it harder. Make more harder. wind, more snow, more cobbles, more ice, more lightning strikes, more fucking krakens, more bears, more wolves, more fire pits, more, more, more. Ah, yes. And I said to her, do you think people will mind about this? I said people can blame you. She goes, no, you know what? All the top women, they want it to be harder. And if they don't like hard races, they can just stay at home. Ah. <laughs> So we've got three races. It starts off on Thursday with the Drunter Acht, which is the flattest race. Um, it's the warm-up one, and this is the one where Ina Yoko Teutenberg had her hideous crash last year. And, yeah, and with, with riders like Chantal Black being caught up in it, and it just, yeah, it was a hard race. It's a hard race. And it was an interesting one. And all of these, we get video. There's really good, really, really good um, uh Twitter coverage of these races too. It's it's you know it's it's just lovely. 
and and there's and what's really exciting is this year we've got even more people tweeting from races like we've always had the amazing wonderful bowls and mechanic richie steege this year we've got sam bastique from um rabobank mechanics tweeting and also eric i'm so sorry i've forgotten your name from the tipco ds uh, the tipco mechanics been tweeting too and the Ronda Van Drenthe, oh, you know, pictures, lovely stuff. So you really felt like you're watching this race and it's, yeah, attack, 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 attack. Oh my God, only half the bunch, only half the starters finish. Big attack, crazy attacks. Go, 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 go. Sprinters versus escape artists. Won by Chantal Black. Mm. This is Black's first UCI race win in a couple of years. And it's her first win for Specialized Lululemon. Oh my God, that team swap has made a difference to her. Hasn't it though? I mean, and pretty. It's interesting to me just like how quickly that's sort of come together. Like, whew. yeah, I don't know if she was happy on Tibco last year, you know, because she was, you know, she'd been on she Chantal. She's got this story about how when she was a little girl, she she really idolised Leontine van Morsel, um, the Dutch superstar, superstar, um, you know, a multiple Olympian um, champion, and then when she became turned elite, she was riding for the teams Leontine was involved with. Uh-huh. And so she rode basically from when she first turned elite for you know um, at our drink, which became the team. Nl when our pulled out the sponsorship and basically right up through through 2012, this team was run by um, uh, Leontine's husband Michael Zylard and Leontine. I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong, Leontian. I don't know. I'm rubbish. Just, just shoot me now. Um, and, <laughs> well, well, at least wait till the end of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Line me up and shoot me afterwards. Um, yeah, and yeah, and so yeah. So, but I don't think she really was happy on Tipco, and it was very interesting because on the last stage of the Giro Toscana, where all the big teams, you know, all the big teams refused to race, except the Italian ones, refused to race the last stage. Tipco raced and decided that they weren't going to take part in the protest and so their rider Claudia Hauschler won and I'm saying that with um, uh, inverted commas around it because Claudia doesn't consider herself the winner but we knew that Chantal wasn't going to be riding the women next year because she just refused (laughs) (laughs) so we love Chantal yeah, and in second and third place, there was a bit of a British invasion because um, so Chantal won solo, bunch went behind her, Lucy Garner, um, with a really nice victory salute that we couldn't work out whether she knew she, you know, whether she was actually thought she'd won. But, you know, Chantal was only eight seconds up ahead of her. She, I think it was just when you read the reports of the race, I think she was just glad to be alive and to make it through <laughs> the sprint. As 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 so often we are at the end of a ride. Yeah, and Lizzie Armitstead came third with um, her, which was her third race of the of the season and her third podium. Mm-hmm. Um, videos, photos, everything like that on our blog, prowomenscycling.com. Yeah. Yep. And then we had. On Saturday, the Ronda Van Drenthe World Cup. Which I... I um... Do you have a confession to make, Daniel? No, not at all. I have nothing to confess. I watched, I I watched that, I watched that, found it highly entertaining, and I was in my completely optimal race-watching state. Yes. 
we saw at least an hour of the Ronde van Drenthe World Cup on, on live streaming. And it was lovely, actually, because there were people who were, um, you know, there's um, Clara in Arizona getting up at six in the morning to watch it and Monique in Australia and Melbourne staying up late to watch it. And um, my dear friend Dan was in the pub. And came back from yep. the pub to watch it. I did come back from the pub to watch it. I believe, and, and I called my good friend Sarah, you know, just to chat while while watching the race, because that's lots of fun. Yes, that's what we do. When there's mm. live races on TV, we fire up the Skypey and, and, and yes, and Van Conditions Just to be absolutely clear about how I'd had a good time but been a responsible grown-up adult, I greeted Sarah with um, uh, a traditional Australian greeting, I'm not drunk, you're drunk. Yes, yes, he did. Mm. So if this is a bit, if this, this, and Dan's also, to be fair to poor Dan, he's been flying all over Australia, he's been to Adelaide, he's been to Perth, he's been all over the place, he's been in different time zones, his feet are still in a different time zone to his head, (laughs) he doesn't really know where he is. So if you're thinking, oh, Sarah's talking more, even more than she normally does. (laughs) Or or more accurately thinking... Dan's interrupting less than he normally does. <laughs> it's because Dan uh, wasn't around. Yeah, still, still a little bit tired. It's true, but mm. anyway, poor Dan will all. But anyway, um, it was it was it was a good, fun race. Um, yep. I was. Hang on, is this the part in the in in the podcast where I skip ahead and give away the winner? No. Don't give away the winner, please, for the okay. love of God. Yeah, but it's fine. Well, then it's just as well that um, you mentioned Lizzie Armitage don't getting do it. Don't do it. a couple of days ahead of that, so I don't need to talk about her now. Ah, oh, good God. Um... <laughs> I think I broke you. <laughs> I do this. I do this every week. You can't act like that's surprising. Anyway, what I want to recommend to people is if you only click on one link from our absolutely fun-filled link-filled podcast, if you're listening to this off any way apart from through our site, go to our site. Our links are brilliant. They're great. You'll see so much good stuff. But if you only click on one thing, you have to read Chloe Hosking's race report. Yes. Chloe's a high-tech rider, she's a sprinter, and she just described this race so, so well. And the bit I really liked about it, she was kind of saying, yeah, we were, you know, we were ready, we've read the tactics, you know, talking about, and, and she gives a really good insight into how the top teams prepare for these races, you know, um, you know, and and it, it, she was saying that, yeah, they were a bit surprised when the, um, when the Dutch riders weren't ripping their legs off on the um, cobbled sections. And they're like, this is a bit unusual. What's going on? And she's like, yeah. And then we turned into the headwinds, into the crosswinds. Huh. <laughs> so the race, basically, it comes out of the town and it goes over the van, does this long, long loop with the various cobbled sections. And then at about 40k to go, I think, we the TV, the TV came on. Yay! And they go one... Um, they go one time, oh, one, one second time over the van. Then they do a loop round. Um, so they do a, they do a loop round through the town, um, you know, through the finish line, 
third time over the van and then they go back round you know the same loop to finish yep. and this loop is through amazing little bike paths through forests and bearing in mind this is march these forests look really really pretty to ride i in. know and seriously that... it was it was fucking gorgeous oh really i mean drenthe yeah. just seems like such a fun region to I mean, ride in. i know i know for example some people who thought the lord of the rings movies were good and pretty <laughs> and stuff and um and these this race just shat all over those movies it's not so. okay it's it's not don't 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 listen to his hyperbole that's not right it's that's not it's just, hyperbole that's just the facts imagine imagine amazing so amazing through. women racing bikes through the forest is way cooler than fucking imaginary dwarves and elves waving shiny things at each other yes but the scenery in new zealand is quite pretty yes but it would be enhanced significantly if women raced their bikes through it like yes that's very true i i, I will i will say that for once you are not wrong um maybe this time a little bit um yes so but you know these you know when you're looking at these woods and and this, these little bike paths and you're thinking oh my goodness in a in a few weeks time they're going to be full of wildflowers and singing birds and and leaves green leaves the sun the sun filtering through green leaves it's just going to be stunning i want to go to drenthe dad i want to go to drenthe wanna 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 well yeah. you can i i suggest you wait till next year um but just, you know what? just because the races are over for this year so yeah. It was hard to believe, though, that, that this time last year, it was such bad weather, it was frozen eyeballs territory, and they had to cancel the third race because of the snow. I know. It's, really... it's actually kind of crazy to me that here we are this year talking about, you know, beautiful springy foristiness, and as you say, like last year, it was like, oh my god, someone's head turned to ice, and it nearly shattered when um, when they got off the bike. Uh, ice giants, the race, you know, ice giants. <gasps> oh, oh, frost giants would be so cool, though. Oh, Love frost giants. Anyway, so they kind of so read Chloe's blog. It's amazing, Chloe. She writes. She tells a story really well. Um, so they kind of they're riding, 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 and everyone knows. And and before and so they get to the crosswinds, and there's this this shattery, bunchy split. Oh my fucking god! Small group up ahead. Riders like Emma Johansson missed the split. Wow. Do you know how? I, I don't think I've ever said that. Like, like I mean... No, no, I'm, I'm just trying to think of the last couple of years in particular. I mean, Emma has always been a very, like, not just strong, but very canny and race-aware rider. Like, like yeah. missing the split is not a normal Emma thing to do. No, no, and and not at this stage in the race either, because this is, you know, this is basically, they've, you know, there's been lots of attacks and breaks and groups divided and fractured, loads of riders off the back. Mm. But at this point, with about 40 kilometres to go, when that front group includes your Rabobank riders, you know, your Annemiek van Blurtens, your Kirsten Vields, your, you know, your, you know, your Ellen van Dykes, Lizzie Armitstead, riders like that, and it doesn't include Emma Johansson, that is seriously incredible riding so you're in this situation where there's this race to the bottom of the van yeah where because everyone knows the race will be even if, if you're not in that front group at the bottom of the van you're out yeah because then you'll be it's just it's because as soon as they hit the van for the first time that's where the selection happens mm, yeah mm, yep. so there was this interesting thing watching it because you've got you've got this chase group with john bronzini all of the high techs emma chasing like lunatics they catch up just at the bottom of the van, hit the van, attack up it, 
you know, Amy, I think Amy Peters went over the top first. I'm not sure. Um, and they, and then they end up with like, right, small group time, like maybe um, 15 riders in front. Yeah. Yep. Um, they've got, they've got one loop. They've got like maybe I think it's about 30 kilometers on the one loop. You know, one loop left. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one loop and then the finish. So they're racing, racing, racing. They've got a, a they've got a front group that includes four Rabobanks. Um, you know, kind of, it, it's just really interesting who is up there because it's like, it's like kind of, you know, four Rabobanks, three specialized Lululemons, um, you know, uh, uh, just, just, just like big, you know, big represent, big representatives from, from those big teams, um, three Bowles Dolmans riders, yep. uh, two or three Bowles Dolmans riders, three giant Shimano riders, and yeah, <laughs> and ever. And, you know, and it's like, and you're like, yeah, this is, a, this is, that's an amazing group. It's just fantastic. And when you're reading Chloe's blog, I, I, I thought it was an amazing move, but Chloe said it was one of the most, ta- it was one of the best tactical moves that ever happened. Yeah. So there's riders attacking off the front um, and la la la. And then Anna van der Breggen from, um, from Rabobank attacks. And she said, and Chloe said she didn't know what happened, but people were looking around, you know, looking around to try and organise the chase. And as people were looking around, Anna's teammate, Iris Snappendale, dives up the road and joins her. And everyone's like, fuck! Because Anna is one of the best climbers in the peloton. Yeah, she's yep. um, she's she's very, she's still, I think she's still 23 or 24. She's She was last year riding on Sainer's Ladies team, but she was all over the, you know, she, she was kind of, fa- some people say she's famous for getting lots of fourth places last year. <laughs> But she's riding for Rabobank. Yeah. You know, this big team. Um, she's good at climbing. Iris is Iris is a absolute consummate ruler, classic star. She had bad luck with injuries and accidents and the, 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 that's kind of kept her out of the classic season for the last couple of years. But these two together bombing up the road. Mm. Oh my god. Yeah, and and in the back of the chase, their teammates, Annemiek van Vlerten and Tanita de Jong. Wow. <laughs> Okay, well, hmm. <laughs> Just incredible. And you're like, yeah, and there's quite a lot, you know, there's a lot of racing left to go. So I think at around the 30k mark, maybe less, they had like a minute. Yep, yep. And they're racing. But then, like, I'm chasing behind with, you know, um, I think Talita said she did try a bit of race disruption, but she thought if she kept it up, she was going to be murdered. <laughs> I, I, I wonder why. <laughs> there was a video there's a video interview with her which confused Spider did the translating for and she said she tried really hard but she felt like she might be in physical danger. <laughs> well, you know, and, and no team would want you to, to risk your own safety, so Yeah, hmm. so they so they were riding up the road and then coming into um the town they they kind of they they just got there was just this weird little stutter where there was a, a turning point and they got and there was no one on the front of this group telling them where to go and they kind of got a little bit misdirected and you're like oh shit and you know you can see them turn around the corner and then oh my god no and 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 they only and it wasn't they didn't get very far but in that kind of scenario they lost 25 seconds yeah yep and in that kind of scenario it's not just, you know, it's also the momentum that you've got, the way you're working together, the mental focus. So it was like, oh, oh, you know, I didn't want the race to be, luckily, luckily it wasn't a deciding factor in because it was only 25 seconds. 
Mm. So they're racing, 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 and Talise and Iris and Iris and uh, Anna are racing beautifully together. You know, like and and Iris isn't a climb. Iris Iris isn't a climber, so you can see her just doing her Iris Slappendel, dom- super domestique, pain face racing. Yeah. Yep. But behind her, powering on the front of the bunch, Ellen Van Dyke. As as she so often does. I mean, Ellen, last year, and I was thinking, you're working too hard, Ellen, because, you know, aren't they riding for you? But Ellen's been um, sick at the start of this season. Um, in, she, she's just moved to Bowlesdon, and Dolmans. last year she was third here, and she, she was, yeah. So, Ellen, you're like, oh, maybe she's not riding for herself. Maybe she's riding for Lizzie. <laughs> maybe. I, I, I don't know why you would um, would think that she'd be riding for Lizzie, though. That's, that's just know, so, so weird. I mean, especially Ellen, in this race. It's not weird. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, he's been all morning. Oh, I yeah, think... yeah, yeah. No, it's all one-way traffic, you know. Yeah, sure. If I Whatever. Re- if I could do one thing, I'd reach through the computer, pick up Dan's drink and throw it in his face because yeah actually, that's what i do i actually don't have a drink at the moment i'm completely maybe sober. that's the problem so, anyway there you go maybe that's I, maybe maybe dealing with a sober clear-headed me is something that is just too much to handle yeah you're mm. too much to handle dan yeah. um <laughs> anyway who else was too much to handle ellen Oh my good god, I love watching her ride. And I've always loved watching her ride for her teammates because she just gets she looks like some kind of Viking, you know, she just gets this this face that simultaneously ah, you know, as she's destroying the road, she's attacking the road, but she also looks exultant, you know, she just she just she's just so good. You know? So so strong and so good and amazing mm. and just powerful so powerful and brutal and oh, give me some more adjectives uh a warrior goddess yes a warrior goddess a warrior goddess of cobbles and wind mm, and pedals is that is that going to be like one of the george R. R. martin titles <laughs> it should be shouldn't it the peddling warrior goddess of cobbles goddess of wind and stone <laughs> Except it doesn't sound bloodthirsty enough to be one of his characters, I don't think. You know, but Ellen. Ellen looks like she's bloodthirsty when she's riding down those cobble, down those roads, doesn't she? When she's really on a mission. So they're kind of dropping the attack. So they're basically they're they're pulling it back. It was one twenty-five after the riders got back. You know, got back on back, the chase group got back on course, and it also meant that a ton of other riders kind of got up to to it. So you have people like Shelley Olds who'd missed the break. Um, getting in there, you know, ch- ch- getting back. So that was interesting because behind this chase, there's ten other million chases and stuff. Yep. Anyway, they get to the van because that's the you know last time over the van. I think it's 15 kilometers to go, something like mm-hmm. that. Yep. Um, 10 kilometers to go. Don't listen to my distances. You know me, I'm rubbish. Um, Just and they them up. Yes, it's true. So, th- so, so they get to the van and they're um, and they and at this point, you're like, yeah, this is going to be great. But uh, you know, Iris, um, Anna powers up the van and is just out solo. Iris drops off as as we you know kind of expected her to. Anna's now out solo by herself, gets to the bottom of the van, and Lizzie Armitstead launches this astonishing, explosive, 
incredible, incredible. Like she's been sitting back behind, yeah. you know, behind Ellen, not having to work, mm-hmm. waiting, waiting, waiting. They get to the steepest part of the van, and Lizzie goes, and it's like, holy shit! Yeah, it, it's it, it's just that perfect moment where everyone else is sort of like, just give me half a breath, and and she's like, not gone. Yeah, and 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 you know, and and Chloe was saying, Chloe's blog was saying that her teammates watching at home go, even Emma Johansson couldn't keep up with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like she dropped everyone. Now, Lizzie, I Lizzie is, I've always. Always, always thought Lizzie was a class, was a cobble star, had cobble star in her. But you know, she for for a load of years she was also doing track at the same you know in the spring mm. classic. So sometimes she'd miss them, and sometimes she wouldn't be hundred percent. But and you know, and I used to say she was a sprinter. Yeah, that oh yeah, she's a tracky and a sprinter. But she's had I think she won Kent Wevelgem um, the first year it raced. Um, and last year, her season her season got better last year. It wasn't so good in the spring. But she's been living in Monaco mm. and obviously practising her climbing because that was amazing. Yes, yes, indeed. And, you know, it is looking like it's going to set her up for a pretty pretty spectacular season. Yeah, hope, 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 hope. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Lizzie will ever be a pure climber. I think she's going to be one of these classicsy, short, explosive climbs. Mm. But... But when you can do it on the World Cup, oh my God! Like, yeah. And so she's gone, and and she's also a really good descender. She's always been a good descender. You know, in the past couple of years, I'd say, well, Lizzie, yeah, she'd be dropped on the climbs, but she'll make it back in the descents. Yep. So she's gone. She she catches Iris, overpowers her. She's coming back. She's she's racing past, um, racing back to catch Anna. And they kind of have this agonising couple of kilometres where Lizzie's got Anna in her sights, but she can't just can't quite get to her you know mm, mm, yeah she's just dangling uh, out there in front just 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 yeah. out of reach yeah kind of like you know it's dropping down to like five seconds and stuff like that and it's just like you're like oh wow wow amazing just amazing just fantastic to watch and then behind you've got this this chase group which has been whittled down to um eight riders now they've caught Iris. Um well eight riders that ended up in it. So you've got Amy Peters and Kirsten Vield. Um and at this point um Peters and Vield have been such a good double act all season. I mean all season. I mean, but they it just feels like the season's gone on forever and every race they've been fantastic. And at this point Peters is working her heart out for Vield because, you know, sprinting. Mm. You've got Emma Johansson, Emma Johansson. The last time she won a World Cup was in Drenthe in 2009. She's been on the podium. She was second last year. You've got um, Ellen still there to disrupt the chase for Lizzie. Hurrah! You've got um, Anna's teammates, um, Anna's teammate, Anna Van Vleuten still there. Um, Shelley Olds and Iris has been caught. Yeah? Yep. And Chantal Black. So... Lizzie catches Anna. I think it was seven k to about seven k to go, and they're work, or maybe five k to go. They're working together. They're coming into the town. They're, 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 they're. You know, we've got to, we've got to overpower those riders behind us. And I think the chase wasn't wasn't very good at kind of organising itself. But but you know, and but they're coming in, and the big question is what's going to happen because Lizzie's by far the better sprinter, but Anna's such a wily rider. Yeah, and, and then you can't. I, I guess it's also that thing of well, I, yeah, I don't know. I I know I said this last week, and I feel kind of bad saying it again, but like I don't know. Like Lizzie early in the season, like it, it. I think for me at least, it was still a little bit of a not so much an unknown quantity, but just a you know how much is she going to have left, and and how is yeah. she going to be able to tackle that? So yeah, 
Yeah. So Lizzie and Anna, Anna's trying to jump. You know, she's Anna knows that to win this race, she's got to jump and get and and, and get away and and drop, um, drop Lizzie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, it's kind of like uh, you know, it's kind of crazy. So they kind of yeah, riding, racing, riding, racing, fighting, fighting, amazing, and um, and then Lizzie starts her sprint early. And wins. Mm. <gasps> oh, amazing! <laughs> and she won. You know, like, oh, is it like is is it too much hyperbole again to say dominantly? Because I thought she won quite strongly. You know, like it was a yeah. it was a strong strong finish. She was a clever rider. In yeah. That. You know, yeah. she 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 wouldn't let she didn't let Anna she didn't let Anna go. And um, apparently, she was saying afterwards that her DS was saying, you know, just just in the last kilometer, just just sit back, sit back and wait, sit back and wait, bide your time, sit back and wait. And she was just. I mean, I would have been happy if Anna won too because yep. Anna was really clever, you know. And that's one of those things where you're kind of like, yeah, you're both incredible, mm, you know. You're mm. both amazing. You're both superstars. And and Lizzie was saying it's very special to her because you know she writes for Bowles and Bowles sponsor the Ronda Van Drenthe, and so you know, and it's and it's a local race for the company. So yep. you know, but just you know, doing that thing of I just you know the help that she'd got from Romy Casper and especially Ellen, that it was a team victory, mm, you mm. know. Yeah, she's won. I, I counted. I think she's won nine track world cups, including team pursuits over the years. And she's got a track world championships jersey. She's got a a a, 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 a you know track track world champs jersey, and she's got a um you know Olympic silver medal. Yep. She's just fantastic. She's amazing. And this, mm-hmm. I just I just want to ask her: Does this feel different? You know, is this yeah. one different? Yeah. Well, it, it, it certainly, I, I don't know if it was different, but it was certainly very special to her. I mean, she was clearly soaked um, after the race on, on Twitter when she was, you know, um, you know, first World Cup of the year and, and she won. Like, wow. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and this is her first Road World Cup. And, yeah. you know, and four races, four races, two wins, two third places. Yeah, so, you know, she's off to a shitty start to the season is, is you know, uh, not, <gasps> not sure what her future holds, really. Mm. I just need to have a moment and go. <sighs> I just just need to need to go pour yourself a drink or. Yeah, I just it's just so many. And, and, well, because because yeah. the only reason I I hesitate at that is because you know we haven't finished talking about the races. So. No, well, this is why I need to just have a calm down. Um, yeah, um, you know what pissed me off right was after the race. Um, so you know I've been watching it. It was amazing. Drenthe is fantastic. It's beautiful and fantastic. And then I had retweeted a picture of the prizes, you know, the podium prizes. Because, you know, when you go to a bike race, you get your prize money, which is, you know, um, it's yep. not, you know, it's still not much compared to the men, but it's over a thousand euros, yeah? Yeah. Uh, well, and, and you get the prize money, but also, and, and we've often joked about all sorts of weird things that you get, you know, like, a, um, you know, uh, as much rice as, as your body weight plus your bike. Um, you know, or or who was it that we? Uh, oh, I've, I've already forgotten. Um, you in your interview, you were talking about winning the wooden flooring. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. If you, if you win the Novelon Euro Cup on Sunday, um, which is the third race, you get a luxury floor by this really high-end floor manufacturer whose factory they start out by. Yeah. So Annemiek van Vleuten and and, and Mariana Voss 
um, Annamie won in 2010, but she hasn't had a house before, but she bought a house last year. And Voss won, I think, last year. So they both went to the factory together. And Annamie's like, now two of my floors, two of my two of the you know two of the stories in her house are floored with her prize. Exactly, which is awesome, you know. And but people, also, but also, then you know, sponsors being quite varied, you might get a keg of beer at one race or a sausage the size of your head at a different race, you know. Yeah, you get basically you get you get podium prizes too. And there was a picture of the prizes, and they're lined up, you know, first, second, third, and you know, there's bottles of booze and there's. There's, you know, um, strange chicken-shaped ornaments, one in a little <laughs> boat. I'm actually oddly, oddly grateful that you ended with the word ornaments because I was really worried for a second that it was going to be oddly-shaped chickens. <laughs> you just imagine, because this is the thing, like, you can get some weird shit at races, so... Like, you really can. So, you like really... chickens with the wings on the on on the face or something, you know, like yeah. it could happen. I. Yeah. But yeah. but the thing is is is, is among the prizes because obviously one of the people who sponsors this race is like some hardware store or electrical store. The winner won a Hoover. The second place person won a um, a toaster, and I think the third place person won a, a deep fat fryer or something. <laughs> so appropriate, and. What was interesting was, I think at the time this, this photo came up, some of the Americans were waking up because people just went insane. Sexist! Sexist! Oh my God, I can't believe they give a girl a hoover. Get back to the kitchen. A toaster! I can't believe they gave them a toaster. That's awful. And this has been bubbling on. Like, so as soon as it goes away, it comes back a couple of days later and people who, who hadn't watched the race or anything will suddenly turn, you know, suddenly turn around yesterday and were like, oh my God, I can't believe they got a toaster. That's awful. Hoover, that's terrible. Well, and see, that would that would make sense to me if these were random, you, you know, like if someone had 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 given a race organizer, like someone from the race organization, um, a budget, and like you can spend no more than a hundred euro on each race, go buy some random prizes, and and someone went off and went, well, it's a women's race, I'll get them a microwave and a toaster and a vacuum cleaner, um, then yeah, I'd be like, okay, that's sexist, but. <laughs> But when these are prizes that are related to sponsors who are involved in the race, and when these are prizes that are given to everyone, men and women, um, who yes. who um, you know podiumed in in the race, um, I yeah you know like at some point a toaster is just a fucking toaster, you know. Men, because there's a men's race in the afternoon, same prizes for the women and the men. It's always been the same. Billy Crane, who um, works in cycling, I think he works with USA Cycling this year. I never know what mm. Billy does. He's, he does. he's a he's a former rider. He's um, he's Mr. Megan Gunnier, and he's a you know, but he's really he's 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 in works in cycling in his own right. He's saying last year everyone got barbecues and curling tongs, men and women. Curling tongs. Oh, like as in like a curling iron for your hair. Yeah, yeah, like or right. hair straighteners, something like right. that. Yeah. So and so the thing, and the, but the other thing that bothered me right about this, Dan, is this is a race, as we say, five races over 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 four days. They give precedence to the women. The women get the biggest. The women are the biggest sell. Mm, the women. Mm. Women are the most important people. Yeah, they're they're the, the feature they're, centerpiece of the whole deal. You know. Yeah. 
they ask it's it, they ask riders what they they're continually asking riders how to improve the race on top of a Vanberg. They had a VIP tent, and in that VIP tent they had Mariana Voss, who won last year and isn't racing yet. Um, and I also had in the VIP invited to be in the VIP tent Miranda Vries, who couldn't ride because she's got a collarbone, broken a collarbone, and Adri Visser, who was a cycling star who retired last year. You know what I mean? They, yeah, yeah. They had. They really look after them. And it's like if there's one race you can give the benefit of the doubt to that they're not being sexist. Then yep, it's the Tour El Salvador. Yep. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's it's. I think that that's what really bothers me. And I'm, you know, I'm the first person to get outraged on the internet. I no way, really. I completely. I hadn't, I completely, I hadn't I noticed. I completely accept, but but you know, if we're going to start shouting sexism, don't let shout it about the Ronda Van Drenthe. You know, well, especially the, especially when they're not being sexist. You know, no, but by, the other by, thing by all means, shout it if they are, but when they're not, that's just silly. Yeah, but the other thing I hadn't realised, I think it might be a cultural thing because it seemed like it was the Americans getting up. Now I, I can understand about the Hoover if they weren't also giving it to the men. You know, like but 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 a toaster. Like, well, in, maybe, I don't know, maybe toast isn't as big a deal in America. Americans, help me out, because they have, like, breakfast burritos and pancakes and waffles and and entire oh. cereals that are coated in sugar. Like, literally, oh. like, what is it? Frosty Flakes. And the frost is sugar. Like, it's literally cornflakes just coated in sugar. So maybe the idea of toast is just actually not that normal a thing. Well, they did say, because we were talking about this with, I was talking about this afterwards, and I was asking some American friends, because I do have friends, and some of the people who um, even talk to me are American, and they were saying that, well, a toast is the sort of thing that you get given when you get married, yeah, that you, you give a woman domestic appliances, because now she's getting married, she needs to look after the house. But, I, I mean, in my experience of, of my, me and my friends, that, like, you'd get to 18 or something, and you get out, about to go to uni, or you're going to leave home or something, and for your birthday or Christmas, before you leave home, you get given a toaster and a kettle. Because I, you're who, now... are, who are all these people that get given toast? I bought my first toaster. Actually, I've bought every toaster I've had ever since I left home. Yeah. You but know, not... because yeah, but... toast is the easiest meal that you can make. It's it's awesome. Yeah, I, but, I but, yeah still... so, so, there's, so I do think there's cultural connotations that people aren't getting. However... I think it's also worth remembering that when they have American races, um, so Alison Stance, so we started off, we had a conversation on Twitter, and Ant Crossan started the weirdest race prizes tag um, to see, to ask, because we I was saying about, you know, Annemiek won the floor, and someone else was saying she wants one weighing scales where you weigh yourself, <laughs> which I think is a terrible prize, and then she won the next year and won an identical pair. Oh, no. <laughs> That's... Well, so, and, you know, but that's that's why the cycling gods invented eBay, so... Yes, yes, and well, I think also why you can give it to you, oh, look, you're my swanny, and you've been such a good mechanic here, have my toaster. Um, yeah, so... Um, <gasps> yeah, oh, so oh, put it in the team van, convert it to 12-volt power, so you can plug it into the power thing in the van, and then you can have toast in the van. Awesome. Oh, that would be amazing. Especially yeah, after so, those spring classics, you know, like yeah. when it's really cold outside and then you hop in the van and you're huddled up and then you get a bit of warm toast with some butter yeah. on it and just like, so, oh, yum. But, but but one of the things is Alison Tetrick, Alison Starnes, Alison Tetrick from the American saying, yeah, in, in, in American races, she's won perfume. Now, if we're talking sexist prizes for women, 
you know, a toaster and a hoover to me, you know, are, are say, oh, look, you're an independent person who looks after their own home. Perfume says, oh, look, it's nice that you ride your bike. But, you know, you still need to be not, you still need to be attractive for your man. So here, have some perfume. <laughs> well, you know, you can be attractive for anyone. Like, you know, you can smell good for anyone. I mean, maybe it's just, maybe it's just a comment on how, how, how cyclists smell at the end of a race, no matter, no matter what gender. That's not very tactful, Daniel. <laughs> How many cyclists do you know? They're not a tactful bunch. It's not. Anyway, it's not their nature. So all I'm saying. So anyway, the other other weirdest race prizes, including included black pudding. Joanna Rousel won a patio a patio um, pressure washer. Someone pointed oh, out. Oh, that would be so handy. Out, so, well, if you had a patio. Or or enemies. Someone pointed out that she should have sold it to a cyclocrosser. <laughs> so I said to her, "Did you? How did you get it home?" And she's like, "Yeah, it made packing the car at the end of her time in Belgium quite difficult." Oh my god! Yeah, that would be really. Oh, imagine if you were flying because you know cyclists are poor and all fly on, you know Ryanair shitty. or shitty air or whatever it's called, where you have to pay like a million dollars for every piece of excess baggage. So. Wow, yeah, so, some anyway. of these some of these gifts aren't really gifts, are they? They're they're like some penalties the, in disguise. So in the Czech Republic, in one in one stage, you always win a lawnmower. <laughs> um, <laughs> someone won like a book of tickets for ten free car washers, and it's like, yeah, is that anywhere near your house? Was you to get your car washed someone won a sack of potatoes for um in an intermediate sprint actually that would be really handy for a cyclist especially if you're following one of the you know like scratch labs cookbooks or something like that yeah and um yeah and yeah and and then you get onto the men's professional prizes in the norwegian race in the arctic classic you actually win a they actually had a plot of land in the arctic in in norway where you could, where it, as an intermediate sprint prize, and I'm now imagining oh. any Swedes listening to us going, that's why we were all trying to race to come last. <laughs> yeah, well, true, because, you know, Swedes are like that, but you could have a plot in the Arctic where you could hunt polar bears. That would be yeah. so awesome. Or be hunted by polar bears, more yeah, likely. But still, yeah. I mean, there, sorry, there I would just, be polar bears, so it would be awesome. When I, I, There's only one way Dan meeting a polar bear. Actually, no, there's two ways Dan meeting a polar bear could go. One, you end up as delicious, delicious dinner for baby polar bears. Two, they adopt you as one of their own and take you home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Either way, I'd be happy with that. Uh, you know, if I, if I live to an old enough age, you know, whatever that might be, that I feel like, you know... I'm, I, I've passed my years by date and I'm just over it. I will go to that plot of land in Norway and I will wait for the polar bears to come get me. That will be awesome. That's how you want to go. You oh no, go. there's there's all sorts of ways I want to go. There's like lots lots of them actually. So, you know. Yes. Anyway, so moral of the story: if you hear people go, "Oh my god, it was so sexist," it wasn't. It actually wasn't sexist. Give them the benefits of the doubt. It's cycling. It's not sexist. Um, yeah, it's it's, sexist. Kind, it's kind of weird, but I mean, I guess you've got to believe it when it comes from this podcast. When we're the ones going cycling, it's not always sexist. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I guess. I, I guess we might have a point. <laughs> Given um, that, given that the two of us, our default position is, oh my fucking god, it's so sexist. <laughs> yeah. 
I know. And someone said on Sorry. Twitter they were actually shocked that I wasn't outraged. <laughs> I actually I'm kind of waiting for the backlash against you to start like Sarah I'm really disappointed what kind of a what kind of a cycling feminist are you like really someone someone did chastise me on Twitter oh really oh wow chastised me on Twitter and said it's not how it's it's not how it is it's how it feels and maybe racers should be a bit more careful that until we've got equal prize money they should just be a bit more careful about appearances yeah, no, it's true. Until we've got equal prize money, we wouldn't want races to be equal in any other way, you know, like giving actual equal prizes. No, and, so. and, 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 and but yes, what I have learned is that what is an ordinary domestic appliance in Britain, Europe, Australia has got cultural connotations in the USA. If you are going to visit your friends in the USA and you're thinking, oh, they've been so nice to me, I'll give them a toaster. Don't do it. Well, unless they're a woman, in which case you're fine. Anyway, um, <laughs> I've now got over. I've got over my. I've got over my. I can talk about racing again. I've got, I can. I can. I can get myself worked up again about racing because on Sunday it was the Novelon Euro Cup. Yeah, so this one also goes over the Vanberg. It's also hard. And what I love, 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 love about the peloton. Oh, we should have said who came third in Drenthe. Shelley Olds came third. And basically, the top ten were in the front group of top ten: um, Lizzie, Anna, Shelley, Chantal Black, Annemiek van Vleuten, Kirsten Armstrong, Ellen Van Dyke, Emma Johansson, Amy Peters, and Iris Slappendel. Yay, Iris! After all her work, um, came in tenth. That's and, an excellent result. Good stuff. But the other really exciting thing about Iris, 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 is that she won the sprint jersey because of her intimate. She took the intermediate. She took the sprint points, and she won the sprint jersey. And this is especially happy because. Iris designed the jerseys. Oh, that's kind of there was nice. a competition. There was a competition last year that the UCI had, which was, hey, next year, this year, we're, we we need a new jersey for the World Cup, and we also are introducing a mountains prize, a sprint prize, and the best young rider prize. And Iris, who is a graphic designer, studied industrial design, won the competition. And so, yeah, she was super, super. So she happy. gets to wear her own jersey. That's awesome. Yes. But she was saying that what made her even happier about it was seeing the other riders wearing her jersey. So that was just lovely. Um, other lovely things were Ellen Van Dyke's blog about um, about you know where she's got pictures of Lizzie coming to thank her afterwards, yeah. and yeah. and Lizzie just being so delighted on the audio interviews. And yeah, I just happy happy race. So Sunday, you've just raced the World Cup the day before. You've yep. raced another hard race two days ago. How are you going to take this race on Sunday, do you think? Going to relax, kick back, take it easy, and race the fuck out of it. You are basically going to hit it, like, until someone bleeds, you don't care who, the cobbles are going to be bleeding under your wheels. So, Vanberg, cobbles, la la la, cobbles, Vanberg, excitement, and they kind of end up with a, and it kind of ends up with riders just, attack, 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 attack. You know, attack, like, attack, 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 attack. You know when you're watching on Twitter and you've got someone like Richie or Sam or Eric riding, you know, putting their updates in the in the tweet in the tweet stream. Oh, I, I I do love how um, you know it, it's now actually just part of the default mechanics. Um, you know, job description must also be able to tweet. 
it is awesome. It is awesome. I really like. I mean, I honestly cannot thank Richie Steege enough. He's just Richie Steege enough. He's such a, you know, it really, really helps to be able to watch the race, it, and it does. And and so it's, and you know, it's kind of also a no win. It's kind of a no win situation too, because you know, you 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 your your mechanic. It's it's publicity for your team, isn't it? Because oh, bold dolmens. They're not only sponsoring the race, they sponsor a team and their mechanic is the best source of information about what's happening in these races. It's it's a pretty amazing package when you think about it. And it, yeah. it, it is actually, sorry, just to, to take a, a brief sidebar, but it is one of those things that for me highlights why I have so much optimism about the viability of, of the sport because, yeah. you know, when, when, when you can take opportunities like that um, and then you consider how even a modest investment can, can really improve and sort of open that up even further, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, I've got to say, if I ever, ever, ever have to buy building, building mecha- machinery or portaloos, I am totally going to Bowles, Bowles Rental, definitely. And if I ever need landscaping, Dolmans, Dolmans is my company. Okay, okay. Cool. But yeah, so attack, and it was one of those races where they're they're trying to keep up with what's going on, and they just end up going lots of attacks, more attacks. Because <laughs> by the time they tweeted what's happened, yeah. the situation yeah. on the road just changed. That is the awkward thing. By the time you've got your 149 character tweet down to the requisite 140 <laughs> and press send, someone else is attacked. So yes. yeah. So um, and it, so it ended up with four riders in the front, five riders behind, and then it was this group in the end of um, right. And it was an interesting group because on the one hand you had sprinters, you had you had Shelley Olds who'd mm-hmm. come the day before. Um, who's the sprinter? I'd say Shelley Olds, Kirsten Veeld. Oh my God, Kirsten Veeld. Yoli and Dehur, who's um, uh, who's just been tracking um, for Lotto, and then you've got. Um, Emma Johansson, yep. um, for, uh, amongst the attackers, Emma Johansson, Tiffany Cromwell, Chantal Black, and then Yannicka Ensing, jo- and Joe Kizanowski from Tibco, and Lucinda Brand. Yeah. So yeah. that is a really interesting group because in that you've got like no one wants to take Kirsten to the line, do they? Yeah, no well, it, it is a very interesting group because, yeah, like you've got. It's nearly a 50-50 split. People who are happy to, to let it play out and take their chances and then people who really have to try and shake a couple of these riders loose and get yeah. rid of them before they get to the line. So the end was just attack, 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 catch, attack, catch. You know, like literally, yeah. oh, three yeah. to go. Um, I don't know. And, and with, without giving anything away, it was great to see Emma get her second win of the season. So um, She didn't win. I know this is the bit where I said without giving anything away and the joke on the fact that I usually do always give it away and then I didn't once give it away but now that's all ruined because I had to explain it so thanks. I just got give it away give it away give it away now <laughs> so, so you weren't even listening then were you you were just rocking out with the chili peppers I okay. really was just rocking out with chili peppers you know right. yeah right. you can just imagine me my air guitar yeah <laughs> so Oh, um, oh, who? Which one are you? Are you? Are you? Um, are you Flea or are oh, you? I don't know. You see, oh, okay, right in that classic Chili Peppers lineup, I don't know whether I'm John Frusciante or whether I'm Flea, or whether I'm Antikidas because yeah, he is a bit of a god, isn't he? Well, see, because um, that's the thing. I think you've kind of got more Antikidas hair, but I think you've got more Flea attitude. So that's that's just my take on it. But I also really love John Frusciante. I mean, I guess maybe you we know might, what? I'm gonna... Let's put a poll on the on the post. Let's put a which Chili Pepper is Sarah. 
Oh, I don't really have enough readers. Our one reader would just be laughing at me. Yeah, if you know which chili pepper I am. The other thing is, Dan, is whichever one I am, I get to hang out with and play with the other two. So, you know. Oh, that sounds so dirty when you say it like that. But okay. Oh, yeah, just all right. <laughs> like, it, it really does. It, it's like you actually just, that's literally what it sounds like to hear someone kidnap and, and tie up a rock star. That's actually the sound of it. I didn't even know there was an onomatopoeic <laughs> sound for that, but here we are. So, so wow. Yeah, so if you know, if you know, if you want to tell me which chili pepper I am <laughs> or should be with, um, <laughs> you can contact us on prowomencycling at gmail.com or you can talk to me at <laughs> underscore pigeons underscore on Twitter. And, and, and if you are one of the chili peppers and are listening, um, you can contact me for advice on how to steer clear of Sarah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, but bear in mind we're talking. We're talking then. Yeah, we're talking then. We're not necessarily fifty-year-old <laughs> chili peppers. Right. So we're talking, anyway, we're talking Point Break era chili peppers. We are distracting yeah. ourselves from the race. Oh my god! Oh, how, un, how unlike us in our podcast to be distracted and, and talking and, over each other. Uh, <laughs> they're thundering down the road, and there's attacks going off. And at this point, I'm imagining it as something like the Tour of Qatar. Yeah, where because. Well, you've got riders like Tiff and Chantal and Emma that are going to want to get away from Kirsten. You've also got Kirsten, who is a super strong rider and will chase down anyone attack and is not letting them get away because she wants to sprint. Mm. And I can just imagine her stomping on the pedals and, and chasing everything down. And, and, and it comes down to, because it came well, down and, to a bunch of sprints. And, and that's and the thing we know. Won. Yes, yes. And, and we know that, like, she's demonstrated several times over the strength to do that in these situations where, you know, I, I don't even really know what the solution is because if she's strong enough to stay in that group, then there, there's really nothing that can be done about it. And um, as she said in, in that great interview, um, that that it surprised her at Qatar last year, um, and, and, you know, she did it again this year, to realise that she could defend that aggressively and um, and with that much strength um, and go on to win. So, hmm, unstoppable? Maybe. Oh, amazing. Maybe. So brilliant. I, I, also, just... I also loved the, um, the podium photo from that race, though, because she just made everyone else look so tiny. She is so tall and and so oh she's just fantastic. She's yeah. just she is the epitome of Dutch sprinting. You know mm, she just mm. is. She's she's ah oh, I miss Ina on the roads because I liked Ina's Ina's you know Ina's kind of Teutonic um uh, uh you know demeanor versus you know Kirsten with her beautiful red curls all around her face. You know huge smile freckles Dutch. You know ten foot tall like all the Dutch are. You know, <laughs> I, I think my ideal podium this year will have Kirsten Field, Ellen Van Dyke, and Emma Pooley in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, you want you want a hobbit between two giants. Is, yeah. is... Emma's not. A, you've done this before, but Emma's not a hobbit. She's like some some <laughs> little elf. Elves aren't little. Yes, they are. No, they're not. They're tall. We're in the Tolkien universe. Elves are tall. No, we're not in the Tolkien universe. Oh, my God. We are, because there are hobbits with their hairy feet. Their giant, hairy, bully feet. I haven't got hobbits. I've said no hobbits. We're not in the Tolkien universe. Well, sexism. No, shut up. You're not no (laughs) Tolkien. Tolkien's a hack. We're not having (laughs) this. Tolkien... 
Tolkien, you're born a hobbit, so you can only be one way. You're born an orc, you can only be brutish. There's no way of changing biological determinism. There's no women in my universe, Tolkien. No, no, no Tolkien. So we're talking two <laughs> giants and, and a little elf in the middle. <laughs> um, if you want to know what it's like to race Drentha for the first time, you have to read the blog by Annika Todd. She's a oh, Canadian rider yeah. riding her first ever um, uh, uh, spring classic season and I love her blogging she's very very honest about her mistakes about how it feels mm. about what it's like well, I love her also, I, I, I loved that whole introduction about you know the fear and apprehension and and then sort of going hang on what am I actually afraid of and and stuff that was a great jumping off point too that was yeah yeah, cool. being, yeah I'm, I'm basically afraid of fear mm, mm. so yeah um so that was the racing um uh, there's been more road racing and I don't really know how to segue this I was saying to Dan before we started casting I don't know how to say this because there was the world to world Salvador which is over in El Salvador that was a stupid segue wasn't it um, and you know there was uh, it was there was there was um, all sorts of things happened in it but the thing that really happened that was really awful was that there was a helicopter crash the helicopter following the race crashed mm, mm. and one of the a journalists died in the yeah. helicopter David Diaz. Um, so, but I guess we just want to take a moment to uh, away from our usual ridiculousness, just to you just know to acknowledge that and um, and you know extend our condolences and sympathies to to friends and and family of of uh, the journalist in question. Yeah, and, yeah. and yeah, I. I I find this somewhat problematic too because I, I, you know, I don't really know the specifics of the accident and stuff. But, it's but this away by wind. This race is just a problematic race, yes, you know. Yes. Yes. And and I yes. find it difficult to to know where this fits. And I don't want to make a big thing of it because of that. But but it's it's hard for me to process this in light of incidents like previous years when there were cars on a on on a course while a time trial was going on and and stuff like that like it's yeah yeah last, last year a car came through a crossroads and hit an entire team time trial squad during mm. into and it's just amazing no one died then it's like I don't know. I mean, and you can't say that a helicopter, you know, a freak helicopter yeah. accident is a different thing from road. But yeah, it's not a race. It's not a race that has happy connotations for me. And it's also one of those races that's point one that, that, that you know, in terms of UCI points is more important than Jensa Act and, yeah, yeah. and Novel Cup. Yeah. So it was um, six stages. Um, uh, Olga Zabelinskaya won the time trial and then Alina Amilusik won stages one and two. Flavia Oliveira won stage three. Mara Abbott then attacked up the side of the volcano, won stage four and stage five, I think, and she won the overall. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, as so, as yeah. she is wont to do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see what happens when some of those riders come back to Europe. I mean, Sharon yeah. Laws had some really great results. She was third in the time trial. Yay, Sharon. And, yeah, um, yeah. But, you know, even the, you know, the riders, like, when you read the quotes from Olga about being in a race where someone's died or Sharon's tweets, you're like, well, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's not, I don't know, it's not something to celebrate. No, no, definitely not. But um, we'll find out more about that race because covering it was Heidi Swift, who write, writes for Peloton magazine, and she was out there following yeah. the race, the main well, source of information. So I'm, I'll be interested to see what she says. It was also El Salvador that had that photo that you sent me that, that left me absolutely stumped. 
we did have the best podium girl outfit I've ever seen in my life. I am not a fan of podium girls. I find it like, I find there's something, I was talking about this because I was, at the, uh, last weekend I was on the Broken Spokes podcast with Clara Beard and Clara mm. Beard. We were interviewing Monique Hanley, who's um, one of my absolute heroines, who's on the board of Cycling Australia and does a ton of amazing work with Cycling Victoria. And I was saying my problem with, and they've outlawed podium girls, they've banned podium, no podium girls in their races, in Cycling Victoria races. And, and I've always found it problematic, not just because, you know, for the men, you win a girl, don't you? You win a prize, you win a kiss. You know, it's much more, much worse than a toaster. You win a kiss and a girl's either, either side of you. But the thing I find really problematic about it is when you've got women cyclists, you finish the race and, you know, you're, you're, you're a bit sweat, you're still a bit sweaty and, and, you know, you've changed your jersey, but you've, you know, you've got, you've got helmet hair and they stick you between two pretty tall made up girls in high heels and makeup. And I just find that contrast makes me uncomfortable. You know, I don't think it's, I don't, I don't get what's going on there. It, it mm. looks like it's, uh, it's not like it's saying these beautiful women who ride bikes aren't enough on yeah, the podium. Yeah. Or, we, we also need to see some proper women is how it comes across to me. And yeah, so I was quite happy when I saw the World War Salvador podium shot. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> it, it honestly actually just mystified me because Sarah sent it to me with, you know, like, a, hey, let's talk about this on the podcast because it's kind of amazing. And I opened it up and I was like, it's just a, a podium shot with, you know, people standing on the podium, like like women. And I didn't really notice at first. I was like, it's kind of weird that, that, you know, altar or statue or whatever it is in the background. And it was only when, like, literally just before we started recording this podcast that we were talking about it, I was like, yeah, I didn't get it. And Sarah's like, look at it again. And I looked and was like, oh, holy shit, there's a person in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not an altar or a statue. It's a person wearing. Yeah, a, yeah. I just, I, I just sort of background tuned it out. I was just like, oh, some object in the background. I didn't even realize that it was a person. And I, I'm actually even now, I'm not unsure whether what that says about me. Like, I'm either, you know, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I, I'm a horrible person. Am I a horrible person, Sarah? Don't yeah. answer that. Damn it. We've always, we've all known you're a horrible person. Which chili pepper am I, and is Dan a horrible person? Are your questions for the day, dear listener? <laughs> you will be graded on your answers, and I can track you all down. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> well, he can. We just all know he's too lazy to. Um, <laughs> Funny because it's true. Yeah. Um, speaking of prizes, this week something that I saw that was interesting was. Um, I think last week, Noisblad, the newspaper, worked out the men's cyclocross prizes, who, who's the biggest earner of prize money in cyclocross. Now, I stress that this is just the prize money because in cyclocross, riders get an appearance fee to turn up and also, you know, get salaries and paid by their sponsors and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So this was just the prize money. And they worked out that um, Sven Nace is the highest prize, surprising, unsurprisingly, highest prize winner on um, 106,292 euros in the 2013-14 season. Yep, not a bad haul. Not a bad not haul. Not a bad haul is your starting point. And then, um, uh, but, so, uh, Ballant Hanvers, who run, who's one of my favourite photographers, um, mm. runs cyclephotos.co.uk. He was talking to Dan Seaton. Dan's an American journalist and photographer who goes out and covers the Belgian cyclocross season for places like Velo News. And Dan worked out the prize money for women. 
And the highest earning woman uh, he worked out from prizes only in the 2013-14 season was uh, Katie Compton on 20,000 euros. Okay. So that's about a fifth of... That's, yeah. about, that's, that's under a fifth of what Spen got. Yeah. Now, I asked, I asked Helen Wyman about this because Helen's on the list, isn't she? She's about yeah. the fourth She's highest paid. Fourth or fifth? She Somewhere, yeah, fourth, yeah. I think it is. And, yeah. she, and they, they, reckoned that she was, they reckoned that she'd got um, 15,000 euros. And she said they were probably out. I think they're out by a couple of thousand. And she also said that on her calculations, Compton would be more around 25, 26 grand. Yeah. Okay. Because, because she's like, you know, because like, you win for, you know, you, you, you win. It's actually a significant amount of money for winning for, for, you know, you win um, something like twelve thousand euros for winning the World Cup series overall. Oh, okay, right. Okay. Maybe fifteen thousand. Right, right. Um, yeah. so, so there's a, a bit of a bonus sort of bump yeah. in the in there yes. for the overall. Well, yep, yep. A big, big bump worth going for. Um, and it was interesting, but two things came out of this for me. One is that actually you're sitting there going, well, twenty five thousand euros just on prize money doesn't sound so bad because it's higher than the minimum wage. And then you're like, yeah, but you also have to get A, you also have to be spending some of that money getting to and from the races, getting mm. your mechanics, your bikes, stuff like that. And B, it's a fifth of what the men are getting. Yeah, yeah. It, it's one of those weird ones because, you know, it's also like compare that to, for example, the, the road um, setup. And that's realistically going to be, you know, quite a bit more than, than many, yeah. many, many. Um, you know, air quote, pro road cyclists um, yeah. are, are, are able to earn. But as you say, at the same time, it's still representative of this huge disparity between the, the two two sides of the, yeah. the equation. And also, I think, I think related, it, it just, I don't know, it, it just, it's not, yeah, it, it's not good. It's just not good. Because the other thing that jumped out to me was how quickly it drops off when you go past number five on, on the list, you know. So yeah. so you could say positions one to five, um, obviously the, these women do have additional sources of income and, you know, the numbers are estimates, not entirely accurate. But you could string together uh, a viable living slash season off positions one to five arguably um particularly if you do add in a couple of sponsorships and, and things to help um but then by the time you you're down to number 10 on the list you're, you're down in the low low four figures you know it's it's less than five yeah. grand and 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 that's the top 10 you know like yeah. the, the there's there's such a, a disparity um yeah it, it highlights yet again how much work there is left to do. Yeah, and and you know, and if we if we're going glass half full at this point, I think we need to point out that you know Helen's on the Helen's been working on this. You know, we talked about the Coppenberg Cross having equal prize money for women and men. Unfortunately, there isn't a women's. And the other thing is, is that men get to race more because um, the Super Prestige, for example, had their men's series and their men's overall prize, and that will have contributed a lot to um, mm. Sven's Sven's prize part. But for the women. They don't want to pay appearance fees. They don't give them contracts. Um, the races are on at nine o'clock in the morning. So, yeah. and they don't have an overall serious thing. So, actually, a rider like Compton or Voss or Wyman isn't going to turn up to the Super Prestige races because they're just treated like shit. 
you know mm-hmm. and so that's you know so yeah um but yeah um interesting figures and and you know i just want to thank dan and balance for, for actually sitting down and working it out because you know technically we could sit down and work it out for the um you know for the for the road as well you know what you win but oh my god it would take forever and there's yeah yeah um in other money terms other money terms um if you would like to support women's cyclists there's a blog um, that we're going to link to on our website um, about how you could help the Afghanistan Afghani women's team um, race uh, race in the Asia Asian, championships, yep. in Asia Games. Um, Live Giant has sponsored them, and um, Live Giant have got like 50 brand new bikes for the women's cycling movement in Afghanistan and clothes and stuff. Um, there's a website called www.mountain2mountain.org. That's number two. Um, yeah, and they're going to try and helping get the um, helping get all this stuff out there, and then getting the women Afghanistan women teams to the Asia Cycling Championships in in Astana in May. So yeah, um, it's yeah, it's it's like please help if you can afford to and want to. Please help. Um, links on our website too. Absolutely. Cool. So where have we been? We've been to Drenthe, Holland. We've been to um, we've been to El Salvador. We've been to Afghanistan. Clara's big ride. Let's go to Canada. Let's go to Canada for Clara. Clara's big ride. Clara Hughes. Oh my God, Clara Hughes. Oh, such a heroine. Um, such a heroine. Speed skater, um, champ, world champion, Olympic champion, um, Olympic cyclist. She's riding twelve thousand kilometers across Canada to raise awareness of mental health issues and actually to start conversations about mental health issues. Mm-hmm. You know, everywhere she goes, she has community events and issues um, and, you know, getting people to say, actually, yeah, you know what? Mental health is not some, tab- shouldn't be some taboo, some taboo stigmatized thing. You know, yeah, yeah. I, ha- I have my, I have my, you know, I have my anxiety issues, I have my depression. I shouldn't hide that. I should, you know, it's, it's, it's something that, that, you know, exactly. that you couldn't, that you live with and and deal with and work with and hiding yeah. it helps no one. Well, so, and, yeah, and, and love- the, that's the, that's a big part of the message too. Is that on the numbers it affects so many of us? You know that that absolutely. Yeah. You know it's an important step for us all to be able to to talk about these things openly and support each other and accept that yeah. this is actually a normal part of being human. And yeah, 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 yeah. So Thanks. it's fantastic. Yeah, you will. We will be talking about Clara's big ride until she finishes it in July. She's mm. amazing. Um, follow her tweet. She Twitter. She's Clara Hughes underscore, and she's. Um, you can also follow her on the Clara's big wide. Clara's big, big ride. ride. <laughs> and you can also help her out by tweeting hashtag Clara's big ride and um, buying it uh, or the Canadian version Grand Tour Clara Clara Grand Tour I don't know um, I'm sorry French speaking people I'm rubbish and you can buy a shirt if you want to support her the jersey and the t-shirt so yay yep. yay yep. yay yeah. we, we love her you can hug a Canadian that's also an option um, but with their permission don't don't surprise hug Canadians they're very shy I thought you were going to say they're all lumberjacks and will cut your head off with an axe hey lumberjacks are okay do they work all night and sleep all day? I was so hoping you'd go there. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> A thousand times, thank you. It's all been it's all been worth it for that one joke. All all been worth it. <laughs> We're such hopeless nerds. We're the worst. Um, oh, 
quick, let's let let's let's. Yeah, we better wrap this up before we really. <laughs> uh, one of my favourite things this week, lots of mountain bike. One of my favourite things this week was the um uh, the, the, there's been a lot of um, promo stuff because the uh, mountain bike World Cup starts next year, and uh, next week, next year, next week, next month in April and um, there was a video like talking about the first ever mountain bike eliminator season um, series which happened last year in the World Cup Mm -hmm. if you don't know the cross country eliminator you have a little short course where you ride like like lunatics what what I didn't realise was that it's named I thought the eliminator meant that you know people got cut out of the race as progressive rounds went round I didn't realise that it actually refers to do it yourself dentistry It's, this video is great because you have um, the, the the series was a competition really between two Swedes because apparently if you're Swedish the eliminator is owned by Sweden and um, Jenny Risved and Alexandra Engen and um, Engen won the series but there's this great little video clip with her <laughs> in the last race of the series and and poor thing she um she kind of mis misjudges mistimes a jump sort of thing and um and comes down a little bit awkwardly and uh and her face kind of hits the handlebars and she chips a tooth she knocks a tooth right out mm. pushes it back into her mouth and is interviewed afterwards with this huge grin where she's oh, i can't believe i won it's so exciting i didn't think i was going to win because i had that crash oh and i've lost my tooth look <laughs> It was it's marginal gains, you know. She wanted to save those thirteen grams that her tooth cost. Yeah. Um, other things we've got interv- on our link on our interview on our website, we've got interviews, links to interviews with Manon Carpenter and Katie Curd, um, photos of downhill in the rain in New Zealand, yes. which was made me laugh. Um, it rained a lot in New Zealand. Yeah, I was going to say you, that in New Zealand they just call that downhill. It's. Yeah. Yeah, um, I thought it looked more like, I don't know, um, a water slide or something. Um, and I also loved the photo of junior downhill champion Tiny Seagrave with a caption along the lines of, I don't know what people do who don't ride bikes. <laughs> no, me um, neither, but anyway. Yeah, other things Other things I like this week. Um, let's. We're now going to Britain because I have a really British-centric little section. I'm, you know, happy, happy. Uh-huh. It was launch of one of our favourite teams in the world, ever, 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 run by Dan's man crush, Stefan Wyman, mm. Matrix Alpine launch. Um, I was very jealous of everyone who went to it because I couldn't get up to Manchester this weekend, wish I had, but I was able to hang out with them on the Google Hangout, which is so clever and cool and lovely and fun. Yay, technology. Um, only, some, only something that I've been banging on about for years about how we can we can make great use of technology for, for women's cycling. And it's awesome that my man crush, Steph, hi, Steph, um, you know, is proving me right. That, that's like a yeah. double win. So. And we could ask, and we could, you know, they had a Q&A session and we were asking questions from um, from the video as you know from online as well as there as well as in person and so i asked my favorite question which is tell us all a secret about steph (laughs) and um yeah and i also really really like nikki's cake um nikki made a cake of the matrix velpine jersey and i'm a big fan of cycling cakes i can't wait till she moves to cardiff and then i'm going to go and visit her and she'll have made me a cake in the shape of a bicycle Maybe different flavors for different parts of the bike, so I can demonstrate. You know, when I when oh, I name them. Oh, so should it be should it be a cyclocross cake, so that it's it's like all chocolatey mud cake? 
No, no, no. I'm um, accidentally bizarre. I made a cyclocross cake, and yeah, but no. I think Nikki should make me a cake in the shape of a bicycle with all the different components made out of different flavor cakes. Uh, would all the would all the cables be licorice, like long um, yes. long bits of licorice? Yeah. And I would only be allowed to eat them if I could correctly identify them. Oh, that so you'd be- finally you'd finally learn which bits the top tube. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's the stem. The stem's made out of stem ginger. Okay. Yeah. Cake. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. You see, this yeah. is good. Yeah. Yeah. This, uh, uh, what are what are the what are the drops made out of though? Like drop bears. Lemon drops. Lemon drops. Okay. What about the what's the saddle made out of? Um. What color is the saddle? I, I think it all depends on what color the saddle is. Oh no! Um, there's got to be. Well, <laughs> if it was meat, it would be a saddleback pig, wouldn't it? But, um, <laughs> <laughs> The saddleback pig, but I don't. I'm a vegetarian, so it can't be a bacon saddle. It can't be a saddleback pig saddle. Um, oh, what would the? If you have any ideas for what flavour the different parts of the cake should be that Nikki's going to bake me, she doesn't know this yet. Then let us know as well, because yeah, I think inquiring minds need to know. Yes, yes, they do. Um, and we we should also plan more of this uh, this cake. Um, bonus points to anyone who can work in. Um, Basically, various forms of horrendous tasting medicines like throat loss. No, this is a delicious cake for me to eat and enjoy, Daniel. Oh, it will be enjoyed, Sarah, just not necessarily exclusively by you. Some of us may may enjoy vicariously. Such a nasty man. Um, Other things I've loved this week, I went to the launch of the British National Road Champions. I have to admit, I am doing some social media work for them, so yes. Um, So, full uh, disclosure, yes. Pardon? Full disclosure. Full disclosure, I am doing some stuff on their Facebook. So make sure you go to their Facebook page and like it. Um, <laughs> that was rubbish. I'm terrible. I'm <laughs> I haven't even what's, what's your social media strategy, Sarah? Well, I'm going to go on my podcast and tell everyone to like it. <laughs> <laughs> Great strategy. <laughs> yeah, it's the um, National Road Champs Facebook. Go and like it. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Awesome. So yeah, uh, yeah, it's interesting, but yeah. Um, well, it's looking like it's going to be a lot of fun. So you know, there's there's mm. a lot there's a lot going on actually in British cycling this year with the whole um, York Tour thing, and obviously the Women's Tour of Britain that we're not allowed to call the Women's Tour of Britain, and I can't remember what we're meant to call it instead of the Women's Tour of Britain. So in my heart and head, it will forever be the Women's Tour of Britain. Yeah. But yeah, um, it's it's interesting though because I I it's it's a really it's going to be a please please if you're around in Britain, come to the it's in Abergavenny in Monmouth, beautiful Monmouthshire. It's going to be they've got like they're having national as part of nationals. They've got um, the women's race, the men's race. They've got a paracycling um, crit for for tandems, hand cycles, and, and trikes all on the same day. They've got sportives. You can ride sportives on the men's and the women's course. They've got a family sportive, a women's only sportive. They're just, it's just going to, and, and it's all part of the Abergavenny Cycling Festival. It's going to be amazing. Cool. And um, what else have we got? Like, uh, we've got, I, I know, I'm just aware that we're, we've been going for a little while now, and we've got a whole huge bunch of links, like we always do. So, what else have we got that we've got to get through? Um, well, I just wanted to mention also the launch of the Squadra Dawn's Donna site. 
Um, if you want to watch the Revolution track series in Britain, then it's on the web. There's a video. I'll put a link to it on our site, prowomencycling.com. Oh, other videos, I really like Pedro Barcino's um, Spanish video with English subtitles, which was basically a video roundup of the first couple of months of the women's season of, you know, Feb of all the cycling that's happened in, in February, and Mar um, February, and February and March so far. And my final thing is two things. If you want to see the film Half the Road, more screenings on halftheroad.com website about women's cycling. Awesome. And, if you, and, and if this podcast is not enough for you, listen to me. Where I talk so much, <laughs> talk so much that it, you couldn't, it couldn't be condensed into one podcast. So yes, I spoke yeah. to our dear friends Clara Beard and Carl Michael on the Broken Spokes podcast, and yeah, you can and I just talk nonsense, I think, and then interview <laughs> well, them. Well, let's all listen and decide for ourselves. Yes, <laughs> um, um, and and. Um, in in my only other thing to to add to this, I guess, is that um, I have found the video of the snake eating the crocodile, and so we're definitely going to post that as well. Yes, good yes, good. good. Um, next week's racing two races on Sunday. The first race in the French um, Coupe de France, the Cholet de Pe Cholet Pays de Loire. Well, over in Italy, it's the GP Comune de Conoredo, um one for the sprinters. So yeah, um, and then on the thirtieth. You have to tune in. Hent again, but the really exciting race of the day, Trofeo Alfredo Binder mm. World Cup. World oh, Cup. my God. Yeah, do, you, week... do you dare make a prediction? Are you just going to say Lizzie wins it from... from no, no, or... Lizzie, it's, not, it's not a Lizzie race. It has, um, it's got a lot of hills. I want... It's going to be Emma Pooley's back. Um, Emma Pooley's won this before a couple of times in, in lunatic breakaways. I want it to be Emma Pooley or Elisa Longo-Borghini. Cool, cool. Well, I mean, it'd be great to see Elisa go back to back. I think that's kind of what I want, but you know, we'll see how it goes. Yes, particularly particularly because you know Elisa's in my BDS team, and you know, I want I want a full season out of her this year. Yes. Mm. Um, thank you for listening. I hope that was as much fun for you as it was for us. And um, <laughs> sorry, we have even longer than normal. <laughs> but get used to it because this is a whole season of this shit ahead of us. So. All right, we'll talk to you again next week. All right, take care. Bye-bye.